0: Hello, and welcome to High Obsessed. I am your host, Thomas Boomhauer, and today, all you lovely listeners, I have quite the episode in store for you. Because I am joined by not one, but two incredible guests, because I am joined today by none other than Cam Hale and Kyle Filson, lifelong friends and the hosts of quite possibly my favorite podcast, Expanded Perspectives, as well as its premium counterpart, Expanded Perspectives Elite. Cam, Kyle, thank you guys so much for coming on today. How are you doing? Oh, man, we're doing good. Uh, Thank you for having us glad to be here thank you i'm uh i mean i've been listening to you guys for seven years so it's real cool you know i'm really excited man that's
1: that's awesome um it's always nice to hear from people that um will talk about how long they've been following the show it's still i i can't believe it like when we literally when we started we were hoping that maybe we would get 10 people to listen to us i can't believe that (laughs) here we are eight years later and Millions upon millions of downloads, and people are still very interested, and are sharing their stories today more than ever.
0: Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, I think you guys are actually the first podcast I ever listened to, and then that's what got me into it. I was like, on a road trip from Virginia, coming home to New York, mm. and I was just looking up random stuff to try to pass the time till the ride. Right, and I was like, oh, all right, Bigfoot—that sounds cool. And then I was like, oh, these guys are pretty cool.
1: Nice. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you say that because you're not alone. A lot of people when we started. Eight, eight or so years ago, um, podcasts were not near as popular as they are now. I mean, I know n- everybody knows what a podcast is now, but even as recent as eight years ago, people, I remember when we first started, a lot, half the people we talked to didn't even know what we were doing. They're like, what are you doing? You're in your garage, you, you and Cam are, and I'd have to say, well, it's it's like a internet radio show is the best way to explain it to people. But now, I mean, there's podcast, you can't even watch television for more than 20 minutes and not hear uh, people plugging their podcasts, whether it's the network that you're watching or the fast food commercial that just came on. I mean, there's literally podcasts on everything. I think there's like two and a half million podcasts now. And when we started, there was probably less than 50,000. So it's it's grown in popularity. And of course, the reason it's grown in popularity is just the ease. I mean, like you can literally just download it and listen to it while you're working out, while you're driving while you're just hanging out somewhere. I mean, it's just the ease of use. Even the, the, the devices that you listen to podcasts on, it's so easy now. I remember, so we started the podcast in 2013, but we were listening to podcasts as early as 2010. But back then it was it was a lot harder to find and download it. I had one of those original iPods, didn't even have a screen on it. It looked like a, looked like a Bic lighter, a little bit longer, with just a little dial on it. And I would have to go into iTunes, download a podcast and put it onto that iPod and that's how I remember originally (laughs) listening to it now it's ridiculous I mean there's just apps and everything it's so much easier But that's literally how we were introduced to podcasting uh was I worked for myself I'm in my vehicle all day long on my own Cam worked for the municipality here in our town in Texas and he was literally by himself all the time and you know when you're listening to the radio it doesn't matter what station you're listening to whether it's classic rock or country or rap or whatever they play the same 20 songs over and over and over and eventually you get tired of listening to that so then i started listening to like sports talk but then you know that kind of gets old too because they want to talk about football 90 percent of the time and i'm just not a huge football fan
0: yeah and it's all like fake arguments
1: yeah i mean and it's just after a while even that kind of gets old and then i started listening to just like talk radio but then it was like really political and i'm not I wasn't into it, but I remember Cam was actually told me, I don't know how he found out about it. Who knows? <laughs> but he always introduces me to strange and obscure things. He's he's like a recluse. He's like a hermit. He doesn't have any friends. I'm his friend by default. It's because no one really likes it. but is in, true. He told me one day, like, have you listened to a podcast? And I was like, I have no idea what you're talking about. So he described it to me and he he showed it to me. And I don't even remember which they were, but there was a couple of handful of paranormal podcast now him knowing me my whole life both of us have always been interested in the paranormal so I was like oh okay I'll check that out I started listening to it and man I became addicted to it like I couldn't wait like they couldn't put them out fast enough I would burn through everything by like Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday I had nothing to listen to and I'd have to go back to listen to lousy talk radio or whatever but I loved it and then we started listening to the same podcast together like he would listen to the same one. Oh, download this one listen to it and call me back and tell me what you think so course we'd do that and over over the course of a year and a half of doing that we were just sitting around uh one evening like around a campfire in the backyard of course we had come, families to come over and we were had a cookout or whatever and I remember we were talking about a particular episode and then for whatever reason we we're like well, I wish I wish they would have done it this way or I wish they would have asked this question or what if it was this and then we decided I wish We could do that. And then it was like, well, why couldn't we do it? Well, we have no idea how. So that started us looking into what it would take to do it. Now, that was another challenge. Back then, there wasn't these podcast in a box things that there are now. There was no roadcasters, pros. There was no Behringer versions of it. I don't even know the numbers, but the serial numbers of those models. But there And there was no, like, micro. So we had to look on the internet, like, whatever we could find. And I remember looking at like how people did uh, like private radio shows from their home. And that's kind of what started. Like I didn't know what a compressor was or soundboards or microphones, the difference between dynamic, a condenser and how to record the audio. I had no idea, but we slowly pieced it together. And of course, at that time, we didn't have a podcast. We didn't have that much money and we didn't want to invest a bunch of money into something that we could quite possibly go nowhere. So, we were buying equipment off of like eBay, like used. So, I remember the first soundboard we bought was a Yamaha OG, like MG 124C or something like that. I don't remember the exact model, but it was like a 12 channel mixer. We got that for like 80 bucks. Normally, it's like 400. We got some cheap microphones at like the local guitar center because we could, every, I didn't even know what kind of microphone to buy. Like, we would literally go there and tell them what you were looking for. And then the guys would be like, now, what are you doing? What are you doing? And you're like, no, it's not. We're not in a band. We're trying. And then there was a young kid, Cam said, that knew what we were talking about. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so we were slowly pieced it all together. And so now we had the equipment. We set it up. I remember the first time we set it up, we recorded ourselves for like five minutes. And then I wanted to play it back in the computer. And I remember it sounded really good. I was like, is that the way it's going to sound? And it released it like that's like better than half of the podcast I'm listening to. Not the quality of the show, folks. The, the sound quality was good. That's true. We still yeah. didn't know what we were doing. Yeah. So once we had figured out how to technically and physically record ourselves, that's when we had to decide, like, what we were going to do our shows about. And so we kind of started thinking about a name, and we didn't want to come out as a, like, just Bigfoot podcast or just a UFO podcast. We wanted to be very broad, but yet paranormal and so once we had figured all that out, then the next thing was trying to figure out how to get on iTunes. And I thought that was going to be really hard. It turns out it's pretty easy, but at that time we thought it was hard. And when we got on there, I was like, I can't believe we're, we're on here. Let's try this out. Um, we were going to do like one episode a week and hopefully we could get 30 people to listen.
2: That and- was our, what was our plan in a year? We were like, if we could get what, like 300 people or, or what, if we wanted not really. Yeah. I think it was subscribers. Like if we had 300 people. That would subscribe to the show and listen in a year. We were going to be really excited, really happy about that. And in 45 days, it was over 3,000. And then it just kept going. It just took off.
1: And and part of the reason it took off was I think we did like three shows. And then I had contacted Micah Hanks to see if he would appear on our show, which he did. And Jim Harold, And Jim Harold, And when we had them on at the end, they asked if we wanted to be on their show. So, of course, going on their show, I think, is what catapulted us. To big numbers really quick but then it just it just kind of took off and in the beginning if you followed our show over the years like like you said you have and maybe others in the beginning our show was more interview based right because we didn't we didn't have any background in anything i'm not a scientist cam's not a cryptozoologist you know that's not even a real thing even though people right. argue with you about that but we didn't have that so we leaned on our interviews so we started having all types of guests on and then as time And the show grew as time moved on. I'm sorry. Time does not grow. Um, More people became interactive. So then they started sending in their stories. So then we could kind of use their story to piggyback off the show for the next week. So if somebody sent in a really cool story of, I don't know, a rake or something they saw by the side of the road, we would take their story and then we would look for other stories on the Internet that were kind of similar. And then we would do a whole episode on that.
0: Mm -hmm. That's um. That you guys get not your listener stories. So my podcast doesn't have like a niche per se. So I just do whatever I'm interested in. And so I've mm-hmm. covered a couple paranormal topics and then I go and it's just like the same five stories you guys have covered, except you guys have the listener stories coming in, which I think you touched on on right. your last episode, but that's such a huge resource for you guys. It's so cool. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And that's, that's exactly right. And so now like it's our show is mostly just listener stories because we have so many of them coming in like literally every day I probably get 40 and then some of them aren't that good. Some of them aren't that well written. Some of them um, aren't really that exciting. Like it might be a five page story, but basically all they saw was a white dot in the sky. Mm -hmm. You know, you can't really, it's not going to make it the air, but then you get the really interesting ones from people that, man, it's like, I don't know what they saw. I don't know how to explain it. And And these are all types, young, old, People saw it when they were a child. It might've happened 50 years ago. It might not even have happened to them, but it happened to their uncle or grandfather, like on the last episode. Um, but people have these sightings and they take place all over this country. They take place all over the world. And when you're getting stories from all over, from a wide range of people, you have to consider how many people have experienced something similar, but have just never written in, aren't aware of our podcast and, and a myriad of other differences that keeps them from sharing their stories but that's at the heart of it i think that's what makes our show work is the collection of people willing to come forward and share their stories
0: yeah i I think that's definitely part of it and then other parts are just like you guys you know lifelong friends you have that natural chemistry easy easy going and you cover so many topics and you do it you bring that non-judgmental nature into it so people feel that's why people feel comfortable sending you their stories and you balance sort of the uh like you'll believe it a little bit, but then you're also skeptical when you need to be, which is nice. You're not like some other paranormal podcasts. They'll just believe anything, and it's just it takes you out when you're a listener.
1: Yeah, um, I mean that's what we try to do. We don't. Um, we're not coming from a position of authority. I, I have, you know, we're just two knuckleheads. I listen to the stories. Some of them I believe. Some of them I don't. And uh, and there is no judgment because I want to hear. I want to have a broader view of this world, this universe that we live in. I don't have the answers for anything. And, but that's what makes the show so fun is me and Cam don't take ourselves too seriously. That's why you'll often hear us making fun of each other. Oh yeah. Laughing, talking about how we would be scared if we were in a similar situation. A lot of shows, I think, want to act as if they're out there to solve some mystery. Like they're out there trying to find the answer to what Bigfoot is. We're not doing that. We're simply sharing stories. That's why there's no judgment
2: is because wh- who are we, right, to, to try to nitpick somebody's story? Like, we, there's nothing. Nobody wants to hear our opinion on the story. They just want to hear the story form their own. We just kind of, once we get it and break it down, <clears throat> we always just talk about the obvious. Well, could it have been this? Yeah. Could it have been this misidentification? Yes. And you kind of break it down that way. It's just to keep it middle. But we want everybody to, you know, form your own opinion about the story. That's what makes it so much fun. Definitely.
0: Yeah. So speaking of the fun, is there a particular topic, whether it be like the non-creature type stuff, like um, time slips, things of that nature, aliens, fae, creature sightings, like what are your favorites to talk about?
2: Man, mine changes literally every few weeks. Like it, it all depends. I wish I could say I had one that was dialed in to where I'm like, I'm diehard cryptozoology, diehard Bigfoot or Dogman. I love stories personally. I love stories of the fae, anything that takes place in the woods. So like the missing people, uh, the possible like gnome sightings or fae sightings, something along those lines. For some reason, those have always have always been my favorite and continue to be. I also love ancient history, but that's one of those things that it's, I mean, it's a very narrow niche for people. But the, the fun stories that I like are going to probably be, now I love the time slips, but I like the fae. And the missing, the strange, like the vanishing people—not just when they missing, just completely vanished. Then, of course, the Glimmer Man. Those stories are always fascinating too. What about you, Biggin?
1: Yeah, I would have to say I'll start off by telling you what's my least favorite. Okay, my my least favorite are water, water cryptids right. like the Loch Ness monster and stuff like that. I I don't believe any of that. I don't know why. I mean, Lake it, cryptids. He hates it. It makes no sense. <laughs> I'm I'm I fully admit I'm not a rational thinking person, but for whatever. <laughs> I, if you tell me a good dogman sighting i'm interested you tell me about something you saw in the water that doesn't interest me at all uh, i would have to say my favorite is probably yeah probably like fae stories like i love the idea of duendies or gnomes these forest spirits you know living in the woods and stuff i like those stories i i think they're cool i like it when there's like the little hunters mm-hmm uh i like sightings like that uh um ghost stories don't really interest me as much either but i mean they're kind of cool i'm like him i don't have one particular favorite like this might be my favorite restaurant like man i like chick-fil-a but then after a couple weeks of that you were like man it's good but i kind of want something else so i think it's the same thing if i'm only reading ufo stories after a couple weeks i'm like man i really like to Look into something else like what kind of mystery just something as simple as like a mystery object like how the heck did they find this aluminum wedge from 80,000 years ago like it doesn't make any sense. (laughs) So is that a lost technology or is it something that time traveled and was left there or is it something from another dimension. Uh, It it varies it varies week to week I would say and what my favorite is Then, and that's what I like about our show is we cover a wide range of topics. (laughs) keeps fun for sure,
0: um did you guys sort of so when you look at any topic, even if you think Bigfoot you most people think it's just a ape that's happens to be in North America for some reason or not real, but Bigfoot goes like as weird as you want to get with it, it can get that weird. Did you guys kind of know that what you' were getting into with how weird some of these sightings would be when you started, or has this expanded your perspective as well
2: well. That's a great question. I would say on certain topics we were pretty familiar with Bigfoot as a topic because of, of we had done a lot of reading and being this close to like the authors like La Blackburn and Nick Redfern and all those guys living like literally 30 minutes from mm-hmm. us and chat with them the minute we started the show but also reading their work prior. Uh I was kind of prepared for some of the weirdness but not all of it. A lot of the stories It seems to have been elevated. It seems to have, like even in recent times, it seems to have gotten uh, cranked up to 11 to where some of the more strange sightings have come forward. And it may be simply because like what Colin talked about, people are finally taking it. I can't say serious, but they feel more normal sharing it. So like there was, you know, I've known several people that have come forward with sightings in my personal life that normally would not uh, ever speak about it, but because they're like, man, I didn't realize that, you know, you did this or you did that, or you hear people, and, and you've probably already had this happen to you yourself, Thomas, is people will say something and you'll be like, oh yeah, I got the podcast or whatnot, you know, or you turn them on to something to listen to. Then they will come back and be like, I listened to such and such episode and it jogged my memory. I forgot all about this. I had buried this interaction or this, this siding or any of these things there's been a lot of that go on. I think what I was the most shocked about, or most, I wouldn't say shocked, let's say most unprepared for, uh, as far as is not just Bigfoot, but all of these topics are how it is so broad. Like there are so many different cryptids that I was completely unaware of from around the globe. And so many of these stories and how far they go back. And there's, I mean, just like we've done them, you know, as far as all across the United States, all across Australia, all across Europe, all of these different tales of things that don't make sense. I always think about like the Yowie. You start thinking of the Yowie in Australia. There's no reason that there should be something like that on that continent. Not one at all. Yet there's been multiple sightings, hundreds of sightings and it it doesn't make any kind of sense so then it it starts opening up all other kinds of of questions so i was more blown away i guess by the broadness if that really makes sense instead of one specific thing it's just like there were so many more it really truly is like you've opened a box a pandora's box of them and it's just ants just keep coming out of all of these different things
1: yeah i would have to agree um similar with me in the fact that when we first started the show from time to time we would do stories about ufos you know mm-hmm. like uh, alien abduction all these crazy sightings in the sky and it's since the time i was a little kid heck it's been going on since the 1950s people have speculated whether it's a real phenomenon or not and now as simple as two years ago the, our own government's coming out and acknowledging that yeah there's these unidentified aerial objects flying around they, de- they can't explain what they are or where they're from so it it adds you know validity to all the hundreds of stories i've heard in the past now obviously some of the stories are not correct but i like the fact that the government is now admitting that these things are up there so you know when i get a sighting from somebody who's written into the show seems more believable to me
0: right because if like the spaceships are really here it seems like everything else were these abducted real all of a sudden (laughs) yeah like my mom that's right my mom has always teased me because I'm into this stuff like Bigfoot and ghosts and aliens and stuff. And I was like, she bought a new house and I was joking that the barn was haunted. And she was mm-hmm. like, you and you and ghosts or something. And I was like, hey, UFOs, they're real. The government said it like, what else could be real? It's a whole new world.
1: Re- yeah, that's, that's right. So, I mean, you start looking back at all the stories of all these other things. and You're like, how much of that is real? Maybe Bigfoot is real. Maybe Bigfoot's not real anymore, but it was real 50 years ago. Like maybe there's no more of them, but they were around. I I don't know. Maybe people aren't even seeing Bigfoot. They're seeing ghosts of Bigfoot. I mean, if people have ghosts, why can't Bigfoot? The, the, The possibilities are endless. And it's funny to watch certain people get angry when they don't believe it. Like you'll have a diehard UFO guy who thinks a Bigfoot researcher is ridiculous and then vice versa. And it's like, why are you so willing to believe that? But then you're so willing to believe in a lizard man from South Carolina, but you know, someone seeing a dog man in British Columbia, now that's preposterous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. It's so funny to me.
0: Yeah, it's very reminiscent of the issue that you and other paranormal podcasters have with academia being so close-minded and... Not willing yeah. to even like entertain some of these thoughts, because if they did, they could just like either prove that it's not real pretty quick or show that there is some validity to it. And it's just ridiculous when these uh like fringe people are also doing that to each other.
2: Yeah, it's real big in ancient history in those circles of alternative ancient history, all of that stuff. I mean, it's kind of like the thing with the UFOs. We know now, like we didn't have to have the government tell us. Everybody that had been researching it and was really into mm-hmm. it had already known that these things are real. You know, they just, they're not letting, there's, and of course, there is always people in society that needs to be told by a governing force that this is what's going on in order for them to believe it. And then, of course, there's a whole group of others that don't need that. Well, when it finally came out, of course, it was probably earth shattering for others. So you're exactly right in ancient history, we now know that there is a lot of things that don't make sense, especially in North America. A lot of things have been found, a lot of old structures, the stories that we were told and the stories that have survived about our history in this nation, much less all the other nations are only told by the winners. So you never really get to know the truth. You have to kind of go off of what you find and some other things. And I think that that's it seems to be ever since Gobekli Tepe kind of really broke it and some of these others that more and more of academia is getting on board. A lot of them, too, were just letting it go. I mean, it would be a hell of a thing to spend your entire life trying to get a, deg- you know, getting a degree and putting everything into this one deal only to realize that, that you'd been only taught one certain way, that everything else that you'd you know, should have been looking at as a true scientist. You weren't looking at because maybe you were, you know, just kind of tricked into it or indoctrinated into not looking at it. I think the days of that type of indoctrination seem to have been going away. That there's more and more information out there now for a lot of stuff in ancient history. Now, as far as as this kind of stuff is is anything cryptid or paranormal, I really do wish that they would get more involved. I wish that there were more. I would say, you know, it'd be great to see, you know, scientific areas or even, you know, colleges that could, you know, sponsor things or get it sponsored to where they were stuff like that to do a little bit more research, especially here in North America. Look around. There's all kinds of things that you could do for the strange and unusual, but people take it as a joke. The seriousness is still not there. And to be honest, I don't know if it'll ever be there. I mean, the way we have always added this to like movies. And just like the folklore of Americana with all of these strange things. Like, I don't know if you'll ever get anyone that was a, a young person that watched the Beast of Boggy Creek or Harry and the Hendersons to ever take Bigfoot as a serious subject. I don't know if that'll happen. I think it's going to be people, uh, your generation and younger will probably be the ones that will have to carry the torch to go. We're scientifically going to look into this whole thing, too.
0: Yeah, for my um, I so i got my master's in history. This past, uh, like, over the summer, basically. Mm-hmm. And so sometimes I, like, really struggle with this because I'm, like, so, like, I want to say that most academics wouldn't have this weird, like, conspiracy shoving down ancient history and, like, the Bigfoot thing, definitely people are against that. But, like, the, um, mm-hmm. uh, because, especially because there's so much disagreement in mainstream anthropology, I or archaeology, I mean. That it's, like, hard to fathom that they would be able to come together to, like, have a conspiracy, uh, like, agree... So agree on anything? Hide stuff? Yeah. <laughs> um, But then you see these stories where, like, these old... I mean, back in the day, they definitely were. Like, because they just weren't willing to investigate things. And I do think now it's changed slightly, but those old people still hold on. And then even if it's not, like... Like, you see this kind of... Never mind. um, But <laughs> you see, like so say someone's 50, right? But they were taught by someone who was old, a part of that old school. They're just still going to believe that old school way. Oh And yes. be struggled to confirm, conform to what the evidence shows them. And it's just, I mean, it's probably not no offense to Graham Hancock, but like as crazy as he thinks it is, it's probably somewhere in the middle of the two types of like ancient history schools of thought and especially North and South America.
2: Well, and he's been not a lightning rod. So he's been attacked from all angles, his whole career mm-hmm. pretty much starting it. So, I mean, I can understand his animosity towards the whole
0: thing. Do you think that the uh, recent UFO disclosure and the willingness of some people like um, the former head of the astronomy department at Harvard being willing to now seriously look into and study the UFO phenomena, will that kind of trickle down, do you think, into archaeology and maybe anthropology with the Bigfoot thing and zoology even?
2: No, I don't believe it will. And the reason I don't think so is because I think it is already... those guidelines have already been set.
0: This -hmm. is something
2: that's kind of already stuck. That's why I think it's going to be people your age and younger and those younger generations and generations to come that will end up breaking that mold. This never really had a mold uh, because it's just now been kind of adopted and actually opened up to in mainstream. So Mm -hmm. whatever they go through forward now will probably lay the groundwork or the foundation for what will be the official narrative of things that people find. Whenever, of course, we all know what's been going on since the fifties, right? So everybody's been looking at all of this stuff there. So I don't know. I'm not as, I want to be optimistic about it, but I'm also one of those that I'm like, they don't really have time. It's, it's hard to dedicate a large amount of time to studying something that there's no way of like, if, if you wanted to go say, study horses, they're easy to approach. They're easy to find they're, mm-hmm. It would be very, very hard. It would be like, you're trying to scour the entire ocean for a, I don't know, an octopus named Carl. Like, you know, you don't know why it's named Carl, but you just heard there's an octopus that other octopus named it, named it, Carl. Like, so I mean, it would be no way of really truly finding this thing. You would just have to try to go out and adapt to whatever it was to try to study. I think that's kind of the way with UFOs is when you study them, If you can, you're talking about studying something that can study you in return. So I think it's going to be very, very hard, but I think everything that they're going to do from this point forward will be the foundation. And the coolest part about it is is now, if you were to approach an investor or you were to approach a colleague or anything, it's a little more serious. Because now we have government backing saying, yes, we don't know what's going on here. So it's probably a lot easier to get grant money now for somebody that would, would be into it or companies that would be into doing this research than it was just five years ago.
0: Yeah, I think that checks out. That makes sense. Uh, back to the more paranormal stuff. For whatever reason, when I listen to these podcasts, well, I just like to think that there's like a cap on how weird the world could be. So, at first, I was all in on, like, Bigfoot exists, but it's a Relatominid. Um, and I'm out on, like, Pale Crawler, dolom type creatures, the rapes, all that thing. Although, like, you know, when I'm out walking my dog, I'll definitely shine the <laughs> flashlight, make sure we're I... all good. Because <laughs> they're so creepy, like, those stories. And, like, Dogman and stuff, they just get to you. But do you think there's, like, a blanket explanation for all these paranormal things? Like, could it be the Fae or, like, maybe gin or something, the gin or something like that?
1: Well, that's definitely a, uh, a possibility that I wouldn't rule out. Um, it's often been described to us uh, through emails and other things that uh, some of the people, for whatever reason, they felt like what they saw they were being shown like they I'm trying to think of a way to describe, like whatever it was doing, whatever was trying to scare them was manifesting itself in that form because it knew that that's what would scare you. So if you were a child, and you grew up watching the alien movies with Sigourney Weaver, and you were terrified of that alien. Perhaps if a demon or a djinn or something was wanting to really scare you in your room, it would, it would appear to look like a xenomorph or something that would scare you. If it knew that you were scared of werewolves, it would take the form of a werewolf. That's been one description. Other times people think that what they saw was like a flesh and blood ca- uh, thing, like, They don't, they were sure it wasn't a bear. They saw something it, it had, it looked like a a wild animal. It seemed more like an animal. Other descriptions, people have experiences with things that they feel that they had a strong sense that it was something not of this earth, uh, perhaps an alternate, alternate reality, a parallel dimension, something like that. Um, People feel that sometimes it's like a family curse, like it's been following them. For a long time, that turns out that their dad had a similar experience. Their grandfather before him had a similar experience going all the way back to the old country. Somehow, maybe they made a pact or deal with with someone. And this is some form of curse that's followed them around for a long time. Other people think that um, having a, a bad problem with like a drug addiction or depression has caused whatever these demons and things to feel their their sorrow. And it, it they attacks them. It, it feeds off of their negative energy. And then later when their life improved, they got a better job. They quit doing drugs. They got married. They, they were at a much happier place. They had they, those experiences were gone. They didn't have any more of that. They didn't sleep paralysis and shadow figures in their room at night. And then they, that didn't exist for them anymore. So it's very puzzling, all the possibilities. I I can't put a cap on how strange it could go because I just think there's no way of determining What's next? People see these strange things. And what's crazy is no matter how crazy a story you get, you'll start seeing patterns and similarities with other people Mm -hmm. when they had a similar experience with the same type of thing. The the thing that comes to mind instantly is this glimmer man. Now, five years ago, I'd never even heard of it. And then it's like one sighting habit. And then you're like, wow, it sounded like the predator from the, the movie, the predator, when it's cloaked, you know that uh, looks like it's made of like a clear jelly or something, some kind of crazy camouflage. And then, you'll read a story and you'll think, "Wow, that's crazy." You'll put it in the back of your mind, forget about it. And then a year might go by, you'll read another one, very similar to that one, but in a different part of the world. You're like, "Wow, that's crazy coincidence." What's the chances of two random people having a similar thing? And then it just builds. And now there's people coming forward who have seen there's hundreds of sightings of the same thing from different people. I've gotten stories sent to me from college girl walking her dog at the university of florida all the way to an old hunter who was bow hunting up in idaho to someone who was in serbia and they had the same thing happen to them and then there's there's theories as it's some kind of technology this is something that the government is using it's a soldier who's got some crazy camouflage cloaking ability but that doesn't make sense, because why would they be testing it out on random people in people's homes, things like that? Other people think that it's aliens. Some people think that it's time travelers. Some people think that it's, uh, again, a demon or something that hasn't decided on what form to take yet. So it's kind of watching you, trying to feed off you before it decides what it's going to transform into. The list goes on and on. But that's a phenomenon that I I've never even was aware of five years ago. And now there's sightings everywhere. So it makes me wonder how many other strange or crazy sightings have people had that I'm not aware of. And it's not just been one person, but loads of people have seen it and no one, there's no room, there's nowhere to tell their story. So they don't, I mean, now with the popularity of podcasts, I think people are more comfortable sharing their story because they hear it. So many other people sharing their story, where if you take that back 35 years ago, I think most people, if they had a crazy encounter and they might tell a friend or two, a relative or two, but that was about it. Sure. Or you had Art Bell. That was about
2: yeah, all. Probably. You had one place to go for it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's um, a great point because like the Man, you guys trying to burst the dam open with that when once you named it. And then now uh, the last month or so, you did that episode on the not deer and all of a sudden you're like flooded with stories on oh it's crazy and it's like the next crazy like cryptid is just one email away and as soon as you talk about it you're gonna get another flood
2: well and it does seem like once people like the first few people that first saw it didn't know even how to share it weren't even sure that what they saw was a was an issue kyle and i always make the joke because we had heard it read it somewhere online several years ago is that the first person that heard a parrot talk is probably still not okay so you could imagine that imagine you live in your whole life. and It's just a bird. Now, all of a sudden this bird speaking to you, it's kind of along the same thing. You don't realize that you just saw something that doesn't, that it's not maybe right, not maybe real, not maybe of this plane until you listen to this kind of stuff. And then you hear it and you realize I'm not the only one. And that's where it comes from. As far as the cap, just talking about this, like, I don't know where it stops. It's like the minute you think you've got like, okay, We got it. There's like some upright cryptids. There's some, you know, some normal water cryptid, like we got these cryptids. They just turn it up to 11 and now Mm -hmm. you got not deer. Now you got glimmer, man. Now you got all kinds of stuff coming out of the woodwork. Then that becomes the normal. And then it's like, it turns it up again. It's almost like whatever is doing this, it's all one thing and it does just enough to keep us drawn to it. Like maybe it's even feeding off the energy. Of what's mm. go of of what the fear or whatever that this instills and creates, I don't know. But yeah, it's it's crazy. With because just like just like with the Glimmer Man, the whole not deer thing was not planned. It was just something that we were like, check this stuff out, talk about it, and then it just a flood opened up of people seeing it.
1: Yeah, that's kind of. I mean, Cam off air have been joking about that. We did an episode about the not deer, and I'm not saying that we started it, but like it's crazy how many sightings you're seeing now, not just on our stuff, but on websites. Uh, I know phantoms and monsters over there. They're getting lots of sightings of not deer being reported. So it turns out there's a lot of these things and, and not just the glimmer man of the not deer. Let's not forget that there's been a, a wave of flying humanoids seen around Chicago oh, wow. over the last three years. Um, I know like the moth man of Point Pleasant and all that is popular, but that was literally four, five, six sightings. There's like hundreds going on all around Chicago and people are theorizing what that is. Is that like, you know, a harbinger for death? Like uh, it's something looming around because something bad's about to happen. My niece lived there.
2: Remember we talked, and she knew where a bunch of this stuff was going on. And what was funny is she even had brought up, she had never seen anything, but she knew somebody that said that they had seen something strange and wasn't sure. And she's never really elaborated on it. And I don't know if that friend of hers did or not, but I was keeping her again in wraps or in uh, on tap the whole time for all that crazy mm-hmm. stuff going on. But yeah, that that flap is still going on. Mm -hmm. That stuff is still happening up there in that area. And nobody really has any explanations. I mean, it's that's a place like we've always said, if you wanted to really go study something strange, that's the place to go study all of these these sightings in that area is very odd.
0: Yeah, for sure. And it is like ominous because of the uh, Point Pleasant incident, which you know not great what happened there
1: oh yeah right it was also reported that mothman showed up in galveston or something like that days before a massive hurricane hit but with oh, wow. a lot
2: of the violence that goes on in chicago that's what scares me is it's it's another one of those things it's like evil
1: feeding off of mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. just being there and yeah it's it's very disturbing like almost as if it's enjoying watching humanity kill itself yes
0: yeah it's a uh... Creepy thought, not great. <laughs> <laughs> so since uh, starting your podcast, and because you do delve into so many topics, has there been anything that you... W- so when you started the show, you were all the way a believer in, but as you've gone on, you no longer uh, believe in as much or at all?
1: Uh, for me, uh, no, nothing has changed. I, I wished I would have been changed, but I'm not. So when I started... Okay. Uh, I wasn't 100% believer in any of the topics we cover. And I was hoping that through talking with authors, investigators, reading hundreds of books, doing all the research that I could on topics that I would be more informed, but an actual, in reality, I'm probably less informed than when I started, if that makes any sense. I'm still just as confused.
0: I don't, right, because it's crazy.
1: It is. Um, I, I still don't know. Like, like, we always make the joke on the show. About Bigfoot. People ask me if I believe in it. And uh, and the big joke, or I'm sure you're aware, is it like it depends on what day of the week you ask me, because there are days where I'm like, dude, it has to be real because of that sighting or that video I saw. Mm-hmm. And there's other days where I'm like, no, there's absolutely no way there can't be. How can we have not found the bones, you know, or, or whatever. And so it, mm-hmm. I'm a way that I'm that way pretty much on all the topics. Um, if there was anything that I'm convinced of, I would say. UFOs. I always believed mm-hmm. in those stories, and I guess with the admittance by the government and all these new videos that have surfaced that uh, Jeremy Corbell and, and guys at the To the Stars Academy and stuff like that have released or come across in the admission that the government has been secretly studying these things nonstop. They have never stopped studying them. And then now that they've admitted it, uh, you know, the Tic Tac videos and things like that, and oddly how the videos of these craft flying are just flying that you can clearly see exactly the way Bob Lazar described them flying 30 years ago I mean that's why I'm like yeah my mind's convinced I always kind of thought it was real but now I'm 100 percent sure that I believe in that stuff um as far as all the other subjects that we cover i I'm not convinced I have been out in the woods with people that have told me they have uh Bigfoot there and they've seen it numerous times they have a, a gifting tree and they leave it snacks and the Bigfoot will take the Apple or the Snickers or whatever. But I'm telling you, man, when I'm out there, I haven't seen anything that shows Mm -hmm. me the case. I have, they, they talk a nice game, but you know, once again, they don't have any footprints. They don't have any hair. They don't have any audio. They don't have any video. It's just them. And I, you know, I'm like, Hey man, maybe they're telling the truth. Maybe they're not. I don't know. But as far as totally being convinced to something UFOs is the only thing that's changed in my mind Uh, And there's nothing that I definitely believed in that I think is not real now. So I I just try to keep an open mind. Yeah, from I'm probably the exact same way,
2: 100%. (laughs) The one thing that I do know that I have learned, if anything, from being involved in all this is that if you really decide you want to dig in and you really think that you're like, okay, I'm going to go like real deep into the darkness, I'm going to try to find out, you know, some stuff about like whatever evil thing that you think you're going to look into. One, you're going to end up with more questions than answers. That's the one thing that you always come out of here with. And two, it's going to look back at you. Everybody that I know involved in this that has ever really tried to get down and and like start doing a lot of the real sinister, like either ghost hunts or a lot of mm-hmm. the the looking into any of that, the, the more dark side of the paranormal it always starts interacting with them. It's almost like it can feel that you're vulnerable and it wants to interact with you. So that's another joke that Kyle and I always make. We'll never go do a ghost hunt. We're like, we've been invited. I don't even know how many times we're always like, no, man, I'll go to the woods with you and we'll walk around. If you want to go look for creatures, I'm down because when I get in the truck to leave, I can always check the back seat and there's no creatures. When you Mm -hmm. leave someplace like that, there are things that can attach itself to you, to your belongings, to something else that you have, I mean, there's plenty. We know dozens and dozens of people that are empaths. He and I are not one of those. We're (laughs) basically like bats walking around, right? So it's one of those things is I don't go in anywhere and mess around with that. So I don't know enough about it. But that's the one thing that I've seen is that when you really get involved, it seems to really get involved back. So I just kind of like, no, not going to play that, not
0: going to play that game. So when it looks back at you, is there anything? That stands out as something you would least like to encounter.
2: Oh, yeah, I don't want any kind of shadow being or anything like that anywhere yeah, around me. Yeah, none I think of that would be mine too. Yeah, none of that stuff because you can never escape it. Mm-hmm. We've talked to a lot of people, you know, on air, off air, and stories and all that about uh think beings, shadow beings, attached mm-hmm. to families, and that it goes from mother to daughter or from mother to son, father to daughter. However but I personally know people I'm very, very close with someone who has got something attached to their family and has known it's been attached since they were a child and the mother has talked about it. They've all seen it. They've all had these, and it's a type of a shadow entity. Now, what that could be, who knows? And and the only way, I mean, I don't even know how you would go about trying to maybe have it removed. Like you said, you're going to have to go through some sort of shaman or white healer or witch doctor or whatever that they would call it. I'm not even sure how you would go, but it would be trying to find something probably along those lines. But that's the one thing that I want nothing of. If I could have a sighting of anything, I guess it would probably, it would have to be Bigfoot. It would have to be a cryptid. Mm -hmm. I would love, I would love to be able to see one, of course, at a distance, like on the side of a mountain off in a Valley somewhere, moving (laughs) classing, and be like, Oh, look over there. That's cool. But, yeah, I've not had that happen yet. I don't want to have one like come into camp. I don't want to be in the tent and you can hear it walking around outside. I don't right. want that kind of sighting. <laughs> but I want one at a safe distance where it doesn't know I'm
0: there. Bigfoot also seems like it would be the least earth shattering if you found out Bigfoot was real right? for yourself. Yeah. Because like <laughs> if you see a pale crawler, you're going to be like, it's like uh, the M M&M commercial with Santa where they're like, oh, yeah. it's real. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> just like what else is real? if yeah. you see something horrible.
2: Yeah, the same way with the UFO. If you saw something and really knew for a fact it was the shape of the, the classic UFO shape, all that, you'd be like, wow, I, I've got to see one. There it is. You know, I know it's there, the whole thing. And, but Bigfoot, yeah, it'd be about the same way. You wouldn't be shocked. But yeah, mm-hmm. to see a pale crawler, that's that's something you don't want no part of.
1: Right. And, and you know? clearly, I mean, like the UFO sightings, Bigfoot sightings, whatever the sighting is, I mean, clearly some, most of it is probably just misidentification. I mean, just because you see something strange at night in the sky, it doesn't mean it's extraterrestrial, right? I mean, they even sell drones that look like UFOs. You know how easy it would be to go to a park and just fly mm-hmm. that thing around and people would think, oh, man, I yeah. saw it, I saw it. Yeah. yeah, but you're like, yeah, but that's not what it was. Same thing with Bigfoot. I mean, I know that people have seen strange things, but I, also you have to look at the people that are having the sighting. We always talk about some people are trained observers. So when like a pilot sees a UFO, it's much more credible than a guy that's just a bus driver. Same thing with, with, and with it's fun. nothing personal. No, it's nothing it's personal. Just the way people feel about it. If you are not a hunter or someone uh, in the woods all the time, how sure are you exactly intimately with how well, what a black bear looks like? Yeah. Are you a positive? It's, it's late. The sun's going down. It's acting odd to you. Do you know that that's not a black bear? That's I, what I'm saying. It's like, you, you got to look at some of the people, if Chuck Adams says he saw Bigfoot, I believe Chuck Adams saw a Bigfoot because he's a world famous hunter. Yeah, you know, so you got to look at not just the sighting, but who had the sighting. Oh, it's it's the same thing as like
2: I, I'm guilty of it myself. Over years, is you will be in the woods either be getting you know close to daylight or it's maybe getting dark and you think you see, maybe it's a white tailed deer. Maybe you think you see a coyote. Maybe you think you see a horse. Doesn't know what it is. You're convinced you're convinced you can see that exact shape. I just saw it move. I see all this. And especially in the mornings as the sun comes up, it's just a bush. It's just a bush. The wind was blowing it just right to make it look like its tail was moving or you wanted to see it. You wanted mm-hmm. it to be something on a hunting trip. I have done this multiple times watching where you think you heard something, you think you see this. And then when it becomes daylight, it was nothing more than maybe a squirrel you heard or an armadillo. But you saw this outline and you were like, man, that's got to be what it was. And when the sun falls on it, it's, it's nothing. And I think a lot of misidentification can can explain a lot of things. But there's always those ones that aren't. There's always those ones that people have perfectly clear views of. And the sad thing is, is the video footage these days don't do it justice. Even with what we have, your phone can't really pick up on like a Bigfoot running side hilling across a mountain. Mm -hmm. They have people that have done all these videos. And even then it's very, very, very hard to have good enough video to really tell anything at a great distance like that. It's almost like the only way you could do it is to be set up for it. You would have to be expecting it. And since it never really goes down that way, that's when the way we ever, we get some hard stuff. And and I guess the sad thing is the people that have a lot of this footage and have a lot of these pictures, maybe they really saw it. Maybe what they yeah. witnessed and what they videoed was real, but what they're trying to put forth as proof almost hurts them because people see it. And they're like, yeah, that's not what that is. And you're like, no, I saw it. That's exactly the way it moves. But because you have a preconceived notion of what it should look like and how it should move, we don't openly accept it. And I think that can cause, and, and maybe, maybe that's going to go back into one of your earlier questions is maybe that is going to be something that changes for the better. Like with UFOs, it's more people take it a little more serious. They're like, well, if UFOs are real, maybe we ought to, you know, put a little more emphasis into
1: this. And they also, they they try to discredit the witness. This is another, this is what makes it so complicated. Like they'll say, well, uh, the the guys that saw Patty, you know, uh, he wrote a lot of hot checks. He was a known con man Mm -hmm. and stuff, but that may be true. That doesn't mean just because he was a con man or untrustworthy or not good at balancing his bank account doesn't mean he didn't also see a Bigfoot. So just because someone has a shady past in one in, in, part of their life doesn't mean that they still couldn't have a paranormal experience. And back to what Cam was saying is uh, back with the misidentification is people that are going that want to do it. Right. So I don't know how many times I've seen people that these people on weekends, they go look for Bigfoot. This is what they're into. They're in a little club. They go around, they go do these things. They make these videos and they hear things because they're wanting it to be heard. They'll, They'll make an audio recording and send it to me. And they'll say, listen, we heard one. We got it. We've got Mm -hmm. a Sasquatch on tape and you'll hear it. And I'll be like, that's a Fox. And they'll be like, no, Fox don't sound like that. I'm like, yes, they do. Yes, they do. And I've had people come back and admit that they went and looked into the sounds a couple of weeks later. And they said, yeah, you were right. That probably was a Fox. And I've had other people that are like, no, man, you weren't there. You weren't there. And I'm like, well, how hard are you trying to make it, you know, you're trying to make yourself believe because in their mind, they think Bigfoot's real. So every sound they hear, they think it's Bigfoot. Well, I heard a tree knock. Well, I have a, a friend of ours that told us that they were out there on one of those uh, similar trips, and there was two groups of Bigfoot studiers, researchers, in different parts of the same property, and they were wood knocking back and forth to each other. And both sides were convinced they were communicating with Sasquatch. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it's like <laughs> – same thing with they the catfished each other. Right, I mean, people yeah. that you've seen the ghost shows where they set up cameras and they're in, mm-hmm. they're in a house that's reportedly haunted. Then they hear a noise. They're like, "Did you hear that?" And then they play it back and look. The house is 150 years old. Maybe it just was settling. Maybe there was a squirrel in the attic. I don't know.
0: But when you're the looking, houses for good, are loud. Huh? Houses are just loud. They make noises for no reason all the time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I listen. I'll read some of these stories or in a book, and then I'll lay down and go to sleep, and I I start freaking myself out like what did I just hear something still <laughs> and i'm just like no dude you were just reading a book about alien abduction that's why you're freaking out mm-hmm. yeah so i think people aren't lying necessarily that they've just convinced themselves that they saw or heard something that wasn't really there so that's another reason I, we do not judge people when they tell their stories confirmation bias sure affects everyone we're mm-hmm.
0: all guilty to it yeah okay so i have one last paranormal question yeah but then i I do you want to do something that occurred to me while we were doing this? Yeah. but um, so the last question is in regards to your podcast, is there anything that you've like maybe a subject that you've covered in a way that you're really proud of or a guest that you've had on that you're really proud of, or like kind of breaking open this deer man and glimmer man stuff? Or are you super proud of that? Like anything that stands out to you guys as an accomplishment over these last eight years?
2: I think the one thing, and it's probably Kyle's the same thing. I already know where too. you're going. Yep. Yeah, I would agree. Is it's one person. Everything that we've done is we've not done anything that anybody else hasn't done or couldn't have done. We just kind of did it in our way. But the one thing that I was the most proud of is a person that he and I got to talk to who is no longer with us. And it's John Anthony West. John Anthony West is the man that just, you you know, I mean, if, if you're in history, you know exactly who it is with Mm -hmm. all of ancient Egypt. And it was just so much fun to actually get to carry on a conversation with him. We interviewed him to actually hear him say my name, Kyle's name. And we talked to him for a good bit. And then after we stopped the interview, he stayed on for like another hour and a half. Like it was almost another two, like literally it was like talking to your grandpa and you could Mm -hmm. ask him all kinds of stuff and getting this, have him talk about what it was like being in Egypt, like in the fifties and sixties. And all, I mean, it's, it was just really that's the one thing. Like if everything was to end today, the one thing I will always have is that recording of me being able to talk to John Anthony West.
1: Yeah, I would, that's exactly what I would say is I remember distinctly being like high school and watching a documentary on ancient Egypt with With Charlton Heston, with John Anthony Mm -hmm. West and stuff in that movie. And I had no clue that fast forward years later, I'd actually be speaking to the guy. It was just really cool because he came, he was not an Egyptologist, but he came looking at the ruins and stuff in ancient Egypt from a different mindset, right? Like back to what we had start, talked about a long time ago about academia, academia. He wasn't classically trained, so he had looked at everything with a new eye. And then when Robert Schock started working with him, they started arguing about the, the date of the Sphinx. That just blew my mind. And we've got to talk to Robert too. Yeah, the, the possibility <laughs> that you know it's not just this one way. That's like, no, people have looked at the pieces and then they've made theories on what happened. And it just—it's really interesting how John talked about the the way that the the structures were created. How the older structures are actually more intricate, like they were better craftsmen. The further you go back, and the more recent craftsmen were not near as skilled. So it always makes you wonder. And then that in conjunction with Graham, uh, Graham Hancock's work and stuff, you start really thinking about like, wow. How old is all this stuff? Mm-hmm. Like maybe this mm-hmm. isn't the first time. Maybe, maybe we're not the most advanced that human beings have ever been on the planet. Maybe long ago there was another civilization and something hit, like an asteroid, a comet, or something, and the world died off almost completely, but not totally. And they had to relearn things. And that and maybe that's happened 10 times. Maybe we're the 10th version yeah. of us. And maybe it's going to happen again. And but you never really you never really taught that. In school you're taught this is history and this is how it goes and this is you know the timeline and stuff and you never really think about the other possibilities so getting to speak with that guy in person Mm -hmm. uh was very very interesting but um we've spoken to a lot of people that uh that i think were very interesting and i guess that's probably the most thing i'm proud of is getting the actual ability to talk to these people um is an honor in itself. Just going to talk to him because I mean, these guys are—they got stuff to do. They don't to just talk to two knuckleheads from Texas. <laughs> that's true. About ancient history. I mean, like to even take the time to do that for no money is is shows you what kind of people they are. And not to mention, he kept inviting us to go with him to Egypt. Remember, he was setting the whole thing up. And
2: he's like, "I don't have any room, but I'll do another one if y'all want to go." We I still like, get
1: what? I still get Christmas cards every year from Robert shock. Yeah, and his wife.
2: Yeah, that's true. Wow. <laughs>
0: That is one of the cool things of podcasting is like, you just think no one's going to talk to you or like, like even you guys, I reaching out to you guys, you guys came on my show. Yeah. And if I hadn't had a podcast that I never would have spoken to you guys, you know? Yeah. That's pretty cool.
1: And that's, I mean, I know when we started, where it's like, there's no way we're going to be able to get these guests. You'd be surprised if you just email people how, how they're willing they are to, to uh, come on and talk about their work. Yeah. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Now of course cuz everybody knows what it is. I remember there was a couple authors we had on they didn't know what we were talking about. They didn't know what a podcast was. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now I mean I'm sure that all of their publicists and stuff are telling them try to get your stuff out there. Promote your work, your book or whatever your project you're working on.
0: Okay. So I have had a few paranormal experiences possibly potential paranormal experiences throughout my life. That I'd like I'd like you guys to evaluate for me if that's okay. Sure. Okay. So the first one stands out as my graduation party from high school. And I feel I don't know that this would explain it away, but no alcohol, no drugs involved, anything like that, which I always get frustrated when people like try to belittle stories because of like alcohol or weed. Because it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't beer goggle a Bigfoot randomly. Right. Right. But anyway, so we saw like a weird floating light. And at first we thought it was just like a fire, a campfire uh, up on the hill like couple miles away. And then it went higher. And it just kept like levitating between two points for the next four hours. It'd be like, I don't know, like um, 90 degrees. And then, no, that's not right. But it'd just be like above us and then several hundred feet higher and then back down. Every like half hour would switch. It was just very weird. And that could be like some kids playing with a drone or something because it was far away. But it was a really weird thing.
1: Yeah, um, I have no idea what you saw. Um, to see it for such a long duration is what would definitely influence me the most. Uh, if it was a drone, most drones only have a battery of maybe 25 minutes. That's a pretty good math right. Pro or something. Uh, Chinese lantern, uh, people that's to, a, that would be, yeah, but I don't know if that it would hang out at the same elevation for
0: yeah. four
1: hours, you know what I'm saying? So
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's probably easier to check off the list what it was not Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Perhaps you saw a UFO. So, I Perhaps. Mean, it literally fits the description.
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's literally unidentified mm-hmm. aerial phenomenon. Mm-hmm. So next one, ghost encounter. And, you know, this one, I've always believed in ghosts. So I've had like a bunch of things that could be ghosts, but were probably just me believing in ghosts and confirmation bias type stuff. But this one, I'm making a sandwich in my kitchen. And then I have a clear line of sight. There is a little overhang type thing, like where I can't see. The corner of the living room, but I didn't see into it. And I hear someone walking in there. So I go in the living room. I'm like, oh, what's up? No one's there. Freaky. Go back into the kitchen. I hear the footsteps now. They're like walking towards me. Still no one there. I'm like, okay, let me just finish making the sandwich and then I'll just dip. I'll leave. And like right before I finish, it runs at me. And they're like, no one there. I don't know. You know what I mean? Like we, I already said houses creaked and they made weird noises, mm-hmm. but that's very weird. That is very strange.
2: Uh, I have had something similar like that in a voice in the house that I live in. That mm-hmm. before, and, and apparently it had happened to my wife and daughter each way before this, and they just didn't tell me because they wanted to see if it would happen to me. It was like their inside joke. It's almost like the place still has a memory or mm-hmm. like part of it is in there, and that could easily be what it is that you were dealing with is maybe it was just uh some sort of memory. Maybe it was a ghost. Maybe it was something strange, just the way it is. I can't really say it was a ghost. I mean, there was nothing more than like a sound of of what it is. But what's so odd about that is what's making the sound, right? Right. Because you're like, there's nothing physical here. The house isn't making it.
0: There's not Mm -hmm. anything
2: like actually interacting with the floor to make the sound. It's just the sound. And I'm assuming it sounded like it was walking right in front of you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, like, behind me, but whenever I looked, the, it wasn't like it stopped when I looked. The noise kept going, but there was nothing there.
2: Like, you were, like it was on a different plane as it came from. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, like,
0: that's, yeah. that's strange. It was very weird. That's the, definitely the weirdest, like, actual no explanation for a thing that's happened to me.
2: Well, and think about all that that happens, uh, it happens to a number of people that they might just write it off. Like, what was that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't know. I don't mm-hmm. have time to think about it. And you just move on. I think that's the reason that it seems like we're getting more and more and more sightings or more and more and more things is truly because of, like we discussed earlier, you would not have known that that was a thing until you listen to certain podcasts. Then you realize other people have had it. And so people send in other stories and it just snowballs to where there's a lot. I think the idea of weird things, I think it happens rather a lot more often
1: to everyone. They just, everyone doesn't take the time to look at it. Oh, yeah. I think everybody, almost everybody has probably had at least one paranormal experience. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's so, it's almost everybody you talk to. I think that's what draws people in to listening to shows too, is it it feels good to not be alone. And if you
2: don't think you have, then it's because the next step is because you want to have it. So many people want to have that interaction. They want to know that there's, and I'm the opposite. I don't want to have any sort of interaction with it. I just like the Mm -hmm. stories and I don't want to have any of that involved. So that's what we've always said is if I ever had a real encounter, I don't know that I would share it. Not at first. Anyway, I'd probably have to bounce it off a few people before I'd be like, okay, so this happened, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just, It's such an odd thing, but I think that a lot of people have it. Like we've all had, like I'll talk about, we've all had to where you've put your keys down or put your phone down or put your glasses or put something down somewhere and you've lost it and you've looked for 10 minutes. Sometimes it takes two weeks. And then all of a sudden it turns up in plain view. It's right there. Mm -hmm. It's a place that, you know, for a fact, you've checked at least two or three times and yet there it is. It is, that is one of the very strange parts of life that is really interesting is the way things can vanish and reappear and you know it was there or it'll show up in a place that you, you know it, you didn't
1: leave it.
0: Yeah, that is, I know mean, that's universal.
2: Yes,
1: mm-hmm. yes. Yeah, I'm sure if you just started asking random people, relatives, friends, almost every one of them would probably admit to having something or seen or heard something strange yeah. that they couldn't explain. Uh, It really is. Like I said, I've got family members
2: that have come forward with a lot of information that they normally wouldn't or had just completely forgotten about until listening to stories that we've done. And then they're like, oh yeah, I remember when I was 12, this kind of weirdness happened to me.
0: Outside of the paranormal, one of the cool things about your podcast that I think also helps you guys build an audience and have them stick with you is that you talk about yourselves and like it feels like we know you kind of yeah. as listeners over the years. So I wanted to give you a chance here, especially because you mentioned on a recent ish episode that you guys haven't been on any like truly non paranormal podcasts, except for the Stickbow Chronicles. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's correct. I got that right, right? Um so I wanted you guys to be able to talk about your non paranormal interests. So like what are you guys into outside of podcasting and outside of the topics that you cover on your show?
2: Uh, three things pretty much consume our, our time all the time. Right. Disc golf, Mm -hmm. (laughs)
1: traditional archery and dungeons and dragons. (laughs) Very nice. Yeah. That's what kind of nerds we are. I I think I would agree with those three things, but I'm constantly, my, my hobby is learning new hobbies. Like I constantly am evolving and changing. So Mm -hmm. I'll uh, a couple of years ago, I was really into photography. So I was doing a lot of stuff with that. And then I've, you know, I've done different, different things. I've I've played softball for a while. I played hockey for a while. Uh, Now I do a lot of things with uh, my sons. I have two boys that are 14 now and I have a nine-year-old. And so I do things with them, their interests along with that. But I would say that Cam's correct on those, those three things. I probably do the most. I probably need to do a little more archery (laughs) because hunting season's coming. And I don't think I've fired my bow in six months. Yeah, you're going to have to get out there and put some reps in now. But yeah, that's uh, I'm glad you asked that because I think people have an idea about us, but they also are wrong. And I'm I'm glad that you like about us talking about our personal lives. You'd be surprised how many people send in nasty emails that they they don't want us to talk about yeah. our personal lives. They're like, just tell the story. We don't care about you. We don't care where you went. We don't care what you did last week. We always talk about ourselves because we want to be pe- – key people in on what we're doing outside of Mm -hmm. the paranormal because i think a lot of people think that at night when when i turn off the microphones that i'm in some obscure library somewhere researching (laughs) ufos or cryptids for the next show and and nothing could be further from the truth if it's like eight o'clock at night and you're wondering man i wonder what kyle's doing i'm probably drinking a miller light watching something on youtube and listening to luke talk to me about some crazy film he wants to create with his green screen and stop motion <laughs> camera. He has, you know, or, and that YouTube video could be anything. It could be people foraging a knife to, I don't know, trimming branches on a tree in the backyard. Like that's what I'm doing. I'm not just sitting around thinking day and night about the paranormal. I rarely think about it. Um, We usually have a show meeting over the phone, me and Cam and be like, what do you want to talk about this week? And I'll say, I got this really cool email about this. I'm probably going to talk about that. And he'll be like, okay, cool. I'll look for some stuff to go with that. Yep. And then sometimes I'll email him back or call him or text him and be like, hey, don't worry about even doing it. I've got more than enough for a shower. You then won't believe what all I've found. And, and then, then he'll email me stuff. And then he'll <laughs> do that. the same thing to me. He'll be like, oh, don't worry about it. I'm talking about this. I got more than enough. So just show up with, Your news. And we work with a lot of authors and a lot
2: of publications and publishing companies. So we get a lot of books. Mm -hmm. And so as we're reading a bunch of books, so like we're constantly reading, like there's always books to be read. So we'll have three or four going at a time just for the show. So you're going through it and breaking it down and getting ideas. Like I have ideas for the show. I probably have, if I was to take all the ones that I've got jotted down and all the stuff in the folders I've got saved, I probably have eight months worth of stuff right now on the whole deal it's just because it grows and you go through spells Mm -hmm. it's like anything else you know everybody goes through these 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 times in their life to where like you're really focused on this for people hit the gym for six months and then after that they kind of taper off or they made and it goes with that with the show or there are days that I have to get other things done and then there's other days that I may work since I've retired I may work two or three days in the studio and never leave it just in here just digging stuff up typing stuff up Getting notes, breaking things down, covering a lot of different stuff along those lines, yeah, but yeah, for the most part it's you don't live your life all about the paranormal no, no, no and and it's I've made it that way because you don't want to burn out. you don't want to throw everything right. you did because we did that at first mm, we much. went way too hard at first, running it running it, running it, and it just it burns you out and then you don't want to get burned out it takes the fun away. And just like what you alluded to, we wanted it to sound like we were all hanging out together, like we're all mm-hmm. sitting around a campfire or we're in someone's backyard. Everybody's having a drink and we're cooking and we're just sharing stories and, you know, basically holding court. Everybody's hanging out. We're all just telling you all this crazy stuff that we found or that we've heard or was shared with us. And that's kind of the way we were hoping it would go. And we're glad that people have received it that way. Cause that's what we wanted, but we're really pretty. Just a couple of boring old mid forties guys
1: is really about all we are. We used to be a lot more fun than we are now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, we get messages from people like, man, I'd love to hang out with you. I'd be like, man, you're going to be disappointed. going to be really bored unless you like to play disc golf in the mornings while it's cool or dungeons and dragons or something like that. That's
2: probably, you're probably not going to have a lot of fun.
0: Uh, speaking of you guys taking it too seriously at first. Um, I remember a couple like, a couple years of listening in and which was cool when I, found you guys like a year in you guys had this huge bat catalog so yeah. i was hooked up but um i think like two years after that i remember thinking one day like what like these guys never fight like you just always had an episode out on time i was like like what's going on how is this possible like you guys never got into a knockdown argument and just no. can't record that week like but like nothing came up it was crazy
2: yeah literally we've been best friends since sixth grade so it's going to be real hard all yeah it's yeah
1: well and I I think a lot of that has to go and and then neither one of us take ourselves too seriously yeah so Mm -hmm. you know if you don't believe a a story that I read you know I don't take it any personal offense to it I'm like okay well believe what you want I never told you to Mm -hmm. I mean that's you get trolls no matter what podcast form or whatever you're doing there you're going to get people that are going to write nasty stuff about what you're doing or what they think and I just I don't worry about it That's why me and Cam we laugh. We do shows and we just make it fun. Keep it fun. That's what makes you want to do it. If you don't like it, Mm -hmm. you'll fall off. So don't, you know, don't, don't stress yourself out. Just be consistent. And And we talk on the phone every day, just about every day for an hour or two, every day.
2: Mm -hmm. And it'll be, you know, we'll talk about the show. What do we got planned? Other stuff that we got going on, you know, things like that. But yeah, no, we've never yet. It doesn't happen. Yeah, because we don't, it's nothing. Yeah, we don't take it serious at all. We just do it mm-hmm. fun. I'm afraid that if we ever took that final step is when it wouldn't be fun anymore. And if it's not fun, if I can tell you one thing that he and I have done our whole lives, if it's not fun, we're not doing it. The minute it becomes work, we've done it like like he was talking about softball. We'd play softball. So we took it real serious, got all of our friends together. We all grew up with. It was a whole group of friends. Everybody practiced four days a week for the first two months. We went and won every game, just smashed Mm -hmm. everybody, won the championship. And they're like, you want to play next year? And all of us went, nah, we're good. We just want to see if we could do it again. And then that was it. We just stopped again. It's just one of those, once you start taking it to the
1: next level, like, I just want to have fun. Life's too short. Life's way too short. I just want to try new things, have some fun. When people... Ask me about, you know, starting a business or anything. I always tell them that, like, I'm, I'm not telling you, it's gonna be easy. But if you're stuck mm-hmm. doing something that you hate, man, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it anymore. Life's too short to live Life's that way too short to be yep. like that. Don't answer. Don't answer. And I anybody. think being 2021. Nowadays, there's like so many more options. Yeah, you could. I mean, years ago, you had to go to broadcasting school. And then hopefully you could get hired on at some Podunk rinky dink radio station, work your way up some man. AM
2: radio station in the panhandle. Yeah,
1: right now the the gatekeepers aren't there. If you want to do a podcast, no, nothing's stopping you. You're doing, doing it. it, you're doing it yeah, now. You're doing it, you're yeah, it.
0: yeah, right there. Yeah, I mean, you guys were like the second email I i was like, I'm starting a podcast. You want to come on? You're like, not yet, but once you know what you're doing, yeah, yeah. figure out what you're You gotta learn to walk. Great right? advice, yeah, you yep. gotta learn because it, dude, I
2: hate going back and listening because we still don't know what we're doing, we still screw it up, and it's. That's mm-hmm. part of the fun is that's part of the thing is like, you all know, always, everybody's got that friend and you've got friends that you're like, Hey, come over for dinner. And then he burns dinner, right? Or she burns dinner. Mm-hmm. Some You're like, Oh, but that makes it fun. Like, remember that time you burned up dinner and we all had <laughs> to go get pizza and we all were real well-dressed and we sat around eating, but you're like, yeah, that was fun. That's the kind of the mistakes that we like to hope make, but yeah, it's open for anybody, anybody mm-hmm. now. And there's no reason. Like, if you feel like doing it, do it. If it makes you happy, do it. Yeah. I mean, there are, that's what I always say. Yeah, you don't got to go out and try to get 60 million followers. And I like, there's no. no reason it's whatever's fun. If you're enjoying yourself and you're not hurting anyone else, go for it. Have a good time. Like literally we never expected any of this. No, It's so crazy. It's so crazy that we're still doing it. We just did it on a whim and we just stuck it out. I guess the problem is, is we're too dumb to quit. That's the problem. So we just nose down and kept working. And it's still just as fun today as it was the very first time we turned on the mics. Now I try to do silly stuff to make him laugh. Like that's the whole thing is we try to entertain each other. That may be the key. Is we're like an old married couple. We're only doing it to entertain each other. Y'all are just, everybody else is just
1: listening in on us trying to mess with each other. Well, and people always ask if we script the shows and stuff out. We absolutely do not. Like literally, no. we sit down and turn the mics off. Yeah. Like I have no idea where he's going. Now we've had to cut some stuff out. But <laughs> but that's kind of what makes it fun is yeah. not knowing where he's going, you know?
0: For sure. Yeah. I've tried to uh, replicate that sometimes like when i've had um my friends come on as co-hosts yeah. at times and it's just like if they know exactly what you're gonna say that's no fun
1: right
2: like i already know how he's gonna feel about 99.9 percent of the stuff
0: mm-hmm.
2: like if we hear something said to i already know what he's telling the story i'm like i already know where he's going i know what movie references he's gonna make what music references he's gonna make. i know all this so it makes it fun <laughs> so it's like two guys that can really play like play catch right like two professional baseball players you watch them warming up Mm -hmm. in the outfield they're cranking them from right field you know to center they're just sending it and they're playing and it's because they've done it their whole life and that's kind of the way it feels is like i'm going to set him up like a good like in volleyball i'm going to set one up Mm -hmm. and he's going to. i already know that volley back and forth of how it
1: goes and so it's kind of like cheating in a way because it's just too easy And then not just goofing on one another, we kind of goof on the audience. Like we have, there's all these little Easter eggs in the shows that people may not pick (laughs) up on unless you're a real big fan is one of the Easter eggs is we constantly purposely mispronounce stuff Yeah, on Mm -hmm. purpose. And you would not believe, and it all started because we accidentally mispronounced a few things and people would write these really nasty emails. So instead of stopping, we've just started doing it on purpose. People make fun of the way we pronounce the... The Thames River is always a a one that gets them. Of course, it's Mm -hmm. felt like Thames. And of course, we always say that. But every time we say it, you'll get 30 emails. People telling us we're not saying it right. We're like, yeah, we know. I'll never not pronounce it as Thames. We say huge instead of huge. We say genitals instead of genitals. Yeah. Like there's all
0: little. Yeah, I had to explain that one too. Uh, I listened to when we were in Colorado uh, on vacation, my girlfriend and I listened to like four or five episodes and I think that came up and I was like, oh, that's just like a bit that they do. Yeah, like They they know yeah. how to pronounce genitals. Right. We yeah. don't say
1: anus. We say a noose. You know, it's that's just like, little it's things just, just to drive people crazy. Mm-hmm. And the joke's on them because if you take five minutes out of your day to email me that I mispronounced it, it's totally troll. I've, the troll worked. We, we trolled mm-hmm. you into wasting your time. Yeah. Yeah. You're supposed to laugh at it.
2: That's the, that's what makes it fun. Be, yeah. And I think people catch on after oh, yeah. a while. I pe- sent that first email. You know, we've so. actually received them like, Oh, Oh, I see what you guys are doing. You know? And then they feel like, a fool. <laughs> mm-hmm. we're like, we knew we were just messing with you guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's gotta be fun or it's not worth doing. No harm, no foul. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The big one that, and this is like transformed my life is Geraldo Rivera.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's right. Okay. So,
0: whenever I see his name, I see that. I, I will tell that. you where that came from.
2: <laughs> yeah, I used to be on a deer lease with an old man. He's since passed mm-hmm. away. Several years ago, he passed away. That's how. He, that's how he straight up pronounced his name. He 100% <laughs> believed Believed it. It was Geraldo Riveray, and that's the way he <laughs> would <laughs> pronounce it. He would, and you would tell him. He's like, nope, just like me and Thames. He was like. Nope. That's Geraldo mm-hmm. Riveray from here on forward. And then it was, yeah. So that's kind of the way it stuck. So yeah, there is a history <laughs> to that one.
1: <laughs> it is a kick-ass name though.
2: Really. It is a
0: kick-ass yeah. name. Both ways, really.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it's fun. That's what makes it enjoyable. And when you can get a group of people that listen, that interact and that share in that same fun and that same passion, that just makes it even that much more right? fun.
1: That's a, There's mm-hmm. too many of those paranormal shows that are trying to, like rule with authority like you know they're the expert they've been in the trenches they're gonna solve the case we're the opposite dude let's why can't we just enjoy paranormal stories and laugh and giggle and mm-hmm. have a good time for what it is it's yeah. strange and unusual let's just enjoy yeah. the strange we're and not unusual. solving anything we haven't solved no. one mystery it's still enjoyable
0: no. yeah that's why i mean i've listened to probably like at least one episode of most of the major paranormal shows mm mm-hmm. And you guys are just my favorite because you're funny. You don't take your, you don't claim to be experts on things that aren't proven. You get like good, you have a nice mix of stuff and you're not like crazy people. You know what I mean? Like some of them, it's they wade into territory. You don't really want to listen to necessarily. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, I've actually, just like you guys avoid that and it's great. We appreciate that. Yeah. Yep. That's
1: what we're trying. That's what we're trying to do.
2: The only thing that I am an expert in is really making my wife mad. That's the only thing that I'm an expert in is aggravating her.
1: I actually got an argument online not shocked with a, a, a lady that was trying to tell me because i said that cryptozoology wasn't a real field of study or whatever it's not a mm-hmm. real thing and she was convinced that it was and she was trying to argue with me about that it's not uh, what i'm saying is not true that it's real and i'm like well name me the university that gives out a degree in cryptozoology and of course never heard back from her it's like it, it's not a real thing you want to be i've had people email want to know how do i become a cryptozoologist i said tell yourself you're one Right. You can be one. If you yeah. want to go look for monsters in the woods, go do it. You're a cryptozoologist. That's all that. That's yeah, all you, that is. It's just a made up title. You just, yeah. If you want
2: to give yourself that title, go ahead. That That's another thing that we kind of shied away from is we didn't want to be labeled. Right. Mm-hmm. Like if you want to label it, it's podcaster and it's just like, we do it inter- yeah, we're doing it for entertainment. And like I said, it just grew that people like yourself and others enjoyed the way we presented it because there's no nobody. There's no judgment. There's no of us like you, you know, what's worse than when you're watching a show and you disagree with the person on that show, it, it drives you a little crazy because you don't get to have your say. Mm-hmm. And and of course it happens to us because we get the emails and all that stuff too. But for the most part, we do it exactly as you said, we're just putting the
1: information out there. Right. And we try to stay impartial. So we, we've yeah. never joined. We like float the,
2: either side. Out. We never and joined
1: organizations like the BFRO yeah. MUFON. Nah, whack, uh the Freemasons have approached us yep. to join, become a Mason. We didn't want to uh, attach oh, really? ourselves to to anything so that we have an unbiased. Because if we have, an, if we're like a member of one of those organizations, people are going to think that we're pushing that yeah. narrative on people. So mm-hmm. We're not. I'm a member of the PDGA. Yeah. Uh, yep. I'm a member of the PDGA myself. Sam's the professional a disc golf. S- I'm a member of the Sam's Club. Yeah. Yeah, I Amazon, got a Prime. Card. Amazon Prime. Amazon mm-hmm, Prime. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's about the only organizations I'm affiliated with. I think
2: I still got a, a Blockbuster card. I do. Yeah, very nice. I think I got it put up somewhere. I think I was saving it. I think I still got a Collector's yeah. item.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: It's just, yeah, it's that whole thing there. It's just, it's meant to be entertaining. And that's what we try our best to do, is to just entertain people.
0: Um. So I think, Kyle, you said that you guys were storytellers, first and foremost. Yes. And that leads me to one of my questions. Have you found that either the subjects you've covered or just podcasting in general has it bled into your life in general in ways that you haven't expected so like you guys have touched on being sort of bait horror fans at least in the past so like are horror movies no longer as scary for you anymore because you've heard of all these crazy creatures hmm. or are like if you're at a family party do you enter into host mode and start telling stories or something like that
1: well for me, I would have to say that no, horror movies are just as scary as they've always been. Um, nothing mm-hmm. has changed, even though I've you know heard of countless horrible sightings uh, from other people. And as far as like going into host mode, that has totally never happened. Because if you know me in real life, I hate talking about the podcast. Like it's embarrassing to me to talk about. It. Like I hope when I go to a family get together that no one brings it up. No one asked me anything about UFOs. No one asked me anything about Bigfoot. Like, they just totally Mm bring it up. My son, Jacob, played a lot of select baseball. And there were several teams he was on, and everything would be great. I'd get along with all the dads and moms, and it was really good times. Every weekend, we'd get together and go to these tournaments. But the moment they found out I had a podcast, boom, like, the relationship was over. Like, now, every time I see them, they want to pick my brain about hmm. did you hear about this did you see that now i got these guys sending me youtube videos nonstop. stop it like ruined it i liked it better mm-hmm. when we never we were friends outside of that right like i didn't want to talk about it and there's been teams that i've been on that you never found out and i loved it that was like some of my best interactions with those people is that they didn't know yeah so i don't ever go around telling people man you should check out my podcast or you should follow me on yeah. this stuff <laughs> i don't bring it up because i don't mm-hmm. want to talk about it You know, and so I've never slipped into host mode. Even my mother sometimes will be like, are you and Cam still doing the show? (laughs) like, yeah, every week. Oh, okay. But like my wife never listens. Yeah. My kids, I'm just dad to them. They don't ever. Now, little fizzy, boy, he loves doing videos with Cam. He's got, I got to get him in for this, this coming week. We got more to make. Mm -hmm. But my wife never listens. My older sons do not care. Their friends will come over and the same kind of thing. Can you believe your dad? You know, has a YouTube channel like that. You know, that's so cool. And I'm like, well, it's not that cool to me. I don't really want to talk about it. I get embarrassed. Do you get? Do you find yourself switching in the host mode, Cam? No, no, because I get embarrassed by the whole thing. Like I yeah, don't. It's weird. It's usually just
2: Kyle and I in the studio, and I like to pretend mm-hmm. that nobody else is actually paying attention. It's just him and I talking and laughing and putting it out there because I, it's, it, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I don't know how to take a compliment like when it comes to the podcast so it just, it floors me, but no, I don't even think, I think I've got a couple of family members listen, like out of two, out of like, I don't know, a whole pile of them, and then some of my son's friends listen, and I think some of my daughter's friends have listened, and it's always, like he said, it's always real cool, and then they, they bring it up, and I get real nervous, because I'm like, oh gosh, you know, what are they, it's, I don't know, I, 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 I love our audience and I love all the interaction, but I don't like the people like right near me. I don't want them to listen. Right. (laughs) I'm just like, this is my thing. Don't pay any attention to it. Yeah. It's just because I easily embarrassed with that whole thing of of them because they talk about it, you know, and I'm like,
1: uh, I want the show to be big. Yeah, I don't want to be big.
2: Yeah, I don't want to be famous Mm -hmm. and popular. I just want the show to be popular. I don't want anything to do with all of that. I don't hardly leave the house now. So it would really be. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I don't need it. But yeah, I mean, like I said, I love it. I love that we do it. I love all the interactions. And it works perfect. But I get real. I get real freaked out and real kind of a lot of I didn't know what anxiety was at all period until I started doing the podcast and then we go places and I'm like, Oh, man, don't ask me about it. I don't know what I said. I don't want to get it wrong. And yeah, it's mm-hmm. just one of those, and it's all pressure we put on ourselves. That's all it is—is is it wanting it to be good. But yeah, we like we said we try not to take ourselves serious, but we want to put out a good product in the same thing. So yeah, I you know it's like a give and take.
0: Okay, so one thing I like to do when people come on, I like to give them an open platform. If they have a hot take, anything they want to get off their chest, anything like that, you, get, you know, anything you want to say that you don't get to say on your own podcast. I got I one.
2: So, okay, wizards are always better than any other spellcaster in D anD. d Okay, wizards. Because <laughs> yeah, Kyle's a druid and I'm a I'm I'm a sorcerer and it's not been going so hot.
1: <laughs> I wish if I could say anything that I don't normally talk about. I wish we could all get along, and what I mean is like the groups of people that are in these divided factions that won't admit that they're just larping. For instance, cowboys. Here big we thing around here. These guys pretend that they're in the old west and that's a long time ago. Uh motorcycle riders, they want to dress like they're sons of anarchy, but they're not, mm-hmm. you know, like you're a gas station attendant, bro. Cyclists. Yeah, uh bicyclists who want to dress like Lance <laughs> I
0: Armstrong. Hate cyclists. That's, <laughs> I'm a, like, that's my hot take. It should right? be illegal.
1: If you want to go to the track. Right. Uh, you see, you're riding along the line of thinking. You can ride your bicycle, dude. That's cool. Do you have to ride it on the street where I'm trying to get somewhere? And then mm-hmm. you got the full regalia on you got the whole uniform i'm like are you in the tour de france then why are you dressed like that right if i go play catch in the front yard with jacob i don't put on a full major league uniform you should it's ridiculous why are managers of baseball teams dressed in the uniform no other sport does that
2: You gotta this no is the sense. stuff i have to listen to on a daily basis man
1: i hate these guys that dress up like they're they're bikers you know they got the do rag they got the leather chaps everything and I'm you like, wear those. dude, you are not a biker. You're a lawyer. Quit dressing like that. But yet they'll drive by a park and make fun of people that are out there dressed like a wizard LARPing. They're doing the same thing. Yeah. That's all it is. They even have their own churches. They have like biker churches yeah. or cowboy churches. Why? Why can't you just go to church? Why can't, why can't you just ride your bike in normal clothes and go to church? Why do you have to have these little clubs, these little groups? That's mine. That's my that's something I wanted to say. That's a good one. Okay. I mean, it just dawned
2: on me when you asked. So okay. he's he's starting to rant, which means when we get off air, he's gonna rant about it for another 30
0: or 45 minutes. He's getting worked up. Right. Incredible stuff. <laughs> um, so I think I mentioned to you guys I like to do a surprise question yeah. at the end. And it's the same one, do you believe in Bigfoot?
2: What is your day to day? I need to get a quarter. Let me get a. let me get a die. We'll roll
1: it and see. Uh, for right. me, I would That's say... where I'm at too.
2: <laughs> right. Depends would, on the
1: day. I want to so bad. I would say if you asked me, honestly, it's not 50-50. I'm about 80-20 and I'm 80% it's not real. Okay. I just don't feel that way. Every once in a while I will see some intriguing uh a story or video or footage or something, and I'll be convinced for about a week that it's real. But then I my default is no, I don't think it's real. Because I just mm-hmm. Now at the same time, I don't know why everybody is seeing something that he's looks crawfish like crawfish and folks shall see it. He's already backing up. I do like, Wait a minute. Wait a there minute. are so many sightings I, that I don't know, but I don't <laughs> that think is it's a, bizarre. I don't, I don't think it's a flesh and blood real thing. If that's mm-hmm. that's what my answer is, Kim. Okay. I I, I want to believe. Yeah, I think
2: it'd be awesome. I want to believe, and that's where it is, is I'm still, it's still day-to-day to me. Like Kyle said, there's one day, like I may wake up and I'm like, there's no way possible. And I may have that, there's, it's an impossible thing. Everyone that's seen it is either crazy or they've misidentified something like this can't be real. And that may stick with me for two or three weeks. And then like Kyle said, then one day I'll wake up and be like, you know what? after what I read about it yesterday and all that stuff, and then reevaluating. And so it switches back and forth and back and forth. I don't know. What I'll always answer it is this way. I'm on the fence about it. It alternates days. I will have to have a legit encounter myself. And then of course, like everything else, I would happily believe. But it's one of those that I want it to be real so bad. And the only reason is because I want there to still be mystery in this world. I like mm-hmm. the idea of there still being a lot of unknown things and unknown. That's the reason that I, you know, Kyle and I've always laughed about this is growing up at our age, you were either into fantasy or you were into science fiction. So you liked space or you like, like medieval, like Conan and Lord of the Rings and all that. And I think that was a divider and I've always been more into the fantasy realm. So I always wished, that that was the way life was, that there were mages and that there were, you know, people that could do the things. I kind of think Game of Thrones, the idea of, of there being some sort of extra magic in this world, that it's not just a plain, just planet. And I just, I don't know if it's me wanting it to be, (laughs) you know, a lot more crazed and romantic and fun. And it's not, I, I don't know. It's, it's gotta be all me. But mm-hmm. yeah, I'm still 5050. I can still never say for sure yes or no. It's just one of those things that it it depends on the day and it depends on the story if I'm going to be like today's a bigfoot day and tomorrow's not a bigfoot day. But I do that with most of the stories. Yeah, I think that we to. do is is I just try to keep an open mind. Just like I don't have a favorite color, a favorite food, a favorite mood. I don't have favorite anything because I think that that it changes so much that one day you can be like, this is the best, you know, tacos I've ever had. I've never eaten at a taco truck this good. And then you can think back and you'd be like, this is the best cheeseburger I've ever had. This is the best steak I ever <laughs> had. We're like, well, then which one is it? Mm-hmm. Which is the best you've ever had? Is it the best of that, that, or is it the best meat? So I try not to do that. And I try to do the same thing with these topics is I try to go, you know, I'm just going to take whatever information I'm just kind of compiling information. And I may never, really. And, and it's okay for those people that are listening. It's okay not to pick a side. It's okay yeah. to say, I don't know. It's okay to be like, Hey, look, man, I'm just, I'm
1: trying to keep an open mind. That's fine too.
2: I think you that's know, a better that's, approach is to yeah. stay
1: open-minded instead of just solely believing either, either yeah. way. And, but I want all this stuff to be real. So I guess that I would change. say it would make me a belief, but I want it to be real. I'm, I'm going to need a physical body to, yes. to hundred percent to believe it. But, but as I'm saying that at the same time, I almost don't want Bigfoot to be discovered because then the mystery has gone. Like that's the the fun is the mystery. Well, and
2: this is a perfect thing to segue into with the whole idea of, of the UFO coming forward and everyone talking about it is now that we know it's not a mystery. Well, then now it starts getting unsettling. Because now you right. start looking at all the other things that were involved in the UFO with the cattle mutilations and, and the people being abducted. And if, if that's a real thing, if it's not a real thing, if it's not, who was doing this and blaming it on UFOs? If it is UFOs, who's, you know, all of that. So I think it's one of those, it's along those lines is I don't really want it to be found. I like the idea of, like I said, that fantasy realm of these creatures or these things being out there. Very nice.
0: I think you guys handled that well. <laughs> Thank you. It's fun when I do it, and it's just like I've been talking about like a book series the whole time or just like pop culture stuff, and then at the very end, no tea up at all. Do you believe in Bigfoot? Because people are just like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> just knocks them on their heels a little bit. Yeah. Yep. yep. So I do want to do a lightning round kind of newlywed type game to test your friendship. Oh, goodness. All right. Based on this conversation, I don't know how it's going to go, though. Because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have Cam answer these questions for kyle okay okay let's do it yeah what is kyle's favorite color
2: Ooh, again i don't know that he has a dead set favorite but i will Mm -hmm. tell you he wears more blue than anything else so but i don't know that he has a dead set favorite color if i was going to say a dead set favorite it would probably be kuyu's what is it valos i know you like that and that's what it is there's a kuyu camo and i know you like sitka's new uh summer camo that you got last year so it was probably camouflage if i had to pick that other than that i would say it was probably blue <laughs> okay is that accurate
1: yes blue is my favorite color <laughs> yep what about there the camo my favorite camo
2: but i mean it's that sitka pattern you do like it right yeah sure yeah okay yeah that's what i thought <laughs> uh what
0: is kyle's favorite movie
2: Ooh. Well, we just had this conversation. I would probably say, aside from Predator that we always talk about, it would probably be the original Alien. Both of us are such a huge fan because it is a game changer in in that kind of cinema. So I would probably say, aside from Predator, I would probably say Alien. I'm waiting on him. He's looking. Oh,
1: yes, here. that's correct. 100% correct. Nice. <laughs> Predator is a fantastic movie. It stands up to this day. It's still. Mm-hmm. I watch it all the time. Luke loves it. Everybody in our house loves it. My father's absolute favorite yes. movie. Uh, mm-hmm. It's a great and the original Alien man is is amazing. Uh, right. One other film I would that he didn't mention as one of my favorites is probably John Carpenter's The Thing, the one with Kurt Russell. Oh yeah, yeah.
0: that movie scared I mean, Kurt Russell and John Carpenter.
1: That scared the bejesus out of me when I was a small child.
0: That movie really scared me as a kid. Um, Cam, would Kyle rather fight? one duck the size of a horse or 100 duck-sized horses
2: <laughs> i would have to say probably 100 duck-sized horses okay because let's be honest birds are like dinosaurs man you don't want to right. mess with anything that
0: size so i would say 100 duck-sized horses <laughs> that is correct absolutely i think that has to be the only answer ducks are people always answer the other way no
2: it's like chickens you don't want to fight it a chicken's a dinosaur geese and
1: ducks are assholes
0: you ever
2: been around yes yeah no yeah no 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 yeah i'm good it's like saying you want to fight a praying mantis the size of a horse you're like a you want it to take over the world like no we're good Good.
0: (laughs) yeah they're small for a reason (laughs) what is kyle's favorite book Ooh, favorite book.
2: That is a tough one because he doesn't read mm-hmm. real well. He has to something. <laughs> Dr. Seuss, probably the Lorax, was probably one okay. of his favorites. Now, uh, I do know for a fact one book that both of us read that both of us really enjoyed. Of course, it, it's going to be along the stuff that we cover. It's Fingerprints of the Gods. Mm-hmm. It's probably what it's going to be because it's Graham Hancock, and him and I both read it right after we graduated high school. So that's probably one of the ones that really rolled us down this path, too.
1: Let's see. That's correct. Oh, got him. It opened my eyes Mm -hmm. to the possibility of an earlier Mm -hmm. civilization. I had never even thought of that before. I mean, I've heard of Atlantis, Mm -hmm. obviously, but yeah, not concrete proof. But the developments in LIDAR and things like that, that you actually could see it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I mean, just because I did kind of trash Graham Hantout earlier a little bit. I lean more towards on, uh, I think it was Seven Ages, what Micah Hanks said on his last episode, their last episode, that it's like, um, I don't think that there was necessarily a civilization or several at our level or a bit more before, but that we probably, there were areas that were, had enhanced civilization, like, yes, let's just, say like I yeah, I just like Ancient Greece period. Yeah, just like that. Just like Before, me. and it's yeah. Right, right, right. There's,
1: there's villagers living in the deep parts of the some forest somewhere in Papua New Guinea that are basically living like Stone Age people. And at the right. same time, there's modern cities like New York. We're doing this, yeah. So I, I, why wouldn't it be the same back then? Right.
0: I think it was more like 10,000 BC, that movie, if you've seen it, where there's like the ancient Egyptians. Oh, yeah. Were going on, but then also some people were still paleolithic, like... Right. they are now
1: right. yeah i don't buy the whole that there was vimanas and that we able to we were building ufos and flying them around and right. i'm well, not saying that no. that would be cool okay would be cool
0: that would be cool last one what is kyle's favorite alcoholic beverage
1: Schmiller light bingo hundred
0: <laughs> easy peasy
2: oh yeah yeah literally sixth grade man <laughs>
1: Yeah, I wish I was. I wish I could be like a sophisticated Scotch drinker and stuff, and but I can't. No, it tastes terrible to me. Yeah, I always thought when I was younger that it's something you would acquire. Man, when I get older, mm-hmm. I'll be able to drink whiskey because my grandfather loved Scotch. So did my dad. But I've I'm 45. I still can't drink it. Mm-mm. No,
2: I'm not tough enough.
1: No, I'm, I just like Miller Lights and Colorado Kool Aid. I mean, that's it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's yeah, it. Because
1: it's you know it's almost like water.
0: Yeah, it's true. All right, so I think you got a hundred. That's uh first time that's happened. Yes, you got a hundred. <laughs> Pretty <laughs> impressive. Great job.
2: It'd be worse if I didn't. All right, let's see if
0: <laughs> that's true. All right, your turn, Kyle. Okay, I'm ready. Uh, this is it's kind of tough because okay. Cam already said he doesn't have a lot of favorites, but same questions. Tam's uh, favorite color is,
1: I would say probably orange. Bingo. Nice. The reason I say that is um we a lot of our bows you can pick like the colors of the strings and the little mm-hmm. limb savers and little things. And also with his arrows, they're always wrapped or fletched with orange and like literally a lot of stuff he has is orange. So I would say mm-hmm. it's the one color I can actually see. So that's the reason I like it. That's so much. true. Yeah. <laughs> We're both colorblind, but cams is way worse than mine.
0: I'm also colorblind. Yeah. I think it's more common to that. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think at least 50% of dudes are.
1: Yeah, makes sense.
0: And I always uh, tease my is... wife
1: because when she makes fun of like what I pick, put on. And I'm like, you realize yeah. every time you're making fun of me, you're basically picking on a handicapped person, right? Because I can't see. you them? like mm-hmm. making fun of people who can't walk. I mean you're doing the same thing.
0: <laughs> Why are you shaming right. me? She hates him. Uh, what is Cam's favorite movie?
1: Uh I would say Big Trouble in Little China. Bingo. He's right. <laughs>
0: I um so for my podcast I did an action movie hero march madness bracket. Yeah. So I watched that and it's I have the sh- uh Jack Burton shirt on underneath my Hawaiian shirt right now. Nice. It's incredible. And it's incredible because it's like making fun of those movies, but mm-hmm. it's still an incredible It's such a great show. Send up of that movie. Yeah.
2: And so many people have no idea it's there. You're like this is a great film.
0: Mhm. Yeah. Yeah, it's one of it's my all-time fave. <laughs> Would Tam rather fight <laughs> one duck the size of a horse or 100 or duck-sized horses
1: he would prefer to fight 100 <laughs> oh, duck-sized horses hands I down of course of course i actually think i might be able to beat them <laughs> yeah i mean they're little
0: and they can't fly so yeah unless i so, be honest horses got little mouths and they're not really made to attack so you're good. I, I saw a video of one stomping on a alligator for no reason. The alligator was just chilling, and the horse just ran up on him, stomped him to death. Uh, that alligator was warned was.
1: once. I've seen several people stomped by him. <laughs> yeah, true story. <laughs> what is Tam's favorite book? Uh, it would be the same, The Fingerprints of the Gods. Mm-hmm. But if I was to pick a different one other than that, let me think here. I would say it would be. Hmm. Capstick. Capstick's books. Oh, uh, he's right. <laughs> those are uh, books about uh professional hunters. Death in the Long Grass, Death and in the grass. Silent
2: Places, Death on the Dark Continent, yeah.
1: Excellent book by the way if you've never read those. Oh, really? Okay.
2: Yeah, Capstick though, if you haven't and if you like like this is Peter Hathaway Capstick wrote a book
0: called mm-hmm. Death in
2: the Tall Grass where he was a he's a professional hunter in the early 50s through the 60s and 70s in Africa. So it is him talking about like what it was like way back in the day dealing with man eaters mm-hmm. talking about you know people getting mauled and then being on hunts for lions and just dealing with all of these things and it's it's a very interesting read because it's more of a period
1: piece. And there's several mm-hmm. books that he's come out since then that are all really yeah. awesome. Yeah, like, like what was the guy that he did that Jaggerundi guy that killer? In South oh, America was really good.
2: Yeah, yep, there's there's a bunch. Of, yeah, I forgot his name now. Is
1: you know what I'm talking about?
0: Yeah,
2: there's a bunch. of But yeah, he's written several, so all of them are very interesting.
0: Is he the one he wrote? Um, there's a story about black maned male lions attacking a train and like pitching off the workers. Oh,
2: you're talking about Is that someone the Someone Movie Ghost
0: in the Darkness. It's the Lions of Savo. He writes about some of that in one of his books.
2: Yeah. Talks about it. Yeah, they're in the Chicago Zoo, I believe, is where they're at.
1: The museum, the museum there.
2: Yeah, Yeah. museum of natural history. History, That's where they're mounted. Is that they killed a
1: couple of hundred people? Mm
0: -hmm. Yes, two of them. It's crazy.
1: What's 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 crazy is I think that that type of stuff has happened a lot more than people are aware. Oh yeah, like you see these commercials on TV all the time for trying to save tigers and stuff. I don't Mm -hmm. think that the average person realizes how many children and people are eaten every year by tigers. And I'm sure if you ask the locals that live in the areas where those tigers are, they don't want people trying to save them.
2: Yeah. And it is true. There are more tigers in personal private collections in the state we are in right now than they are in the wilds
0: where they come from. That is insane. Yeah. This place is crazy. That. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. 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 I, I actually know a guy that was hunting deer hunting and saw a Bengal tiger walking yeah, and that's just, only about four hours from where
0: we're at right now. That's so I I remember you guys talking about that at least once on the show. <laughs> yeah, and I was just like, "How did he leave quickly? You know what I mean? Yeah." <laughs> but like, right. No, that's that's I mean, the whole thing is you don't see Tiders coming.
2: He it's got like, out I wanted... of his stand, took his knife, cut his underwear off because he couldn't walk around with those <laughs> like mm-hmm. that anymore,
1: mm-hmm. and then he slipped out real fast. <laughs> Yeah, if it was me, I wouldn't. I would have called Cam on the cell phone. I would say, go back to the house, get the ARs, arm and yourself, and come get me out of this stand. But <laughs> yeah. I'm not moving.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, get that's what that's what I'm saying. I would have been like, bring every gun that you have. Yeah, bring all our friends. I'm not getting down till you pull up. Yeah, and don't even stop. I'll just
2: jump out onto the top of the truck and then just <laughs> gas it. <laughs> Right, it's like yeah. a tiger. Yeah,
1: well, and that's why yeah. when you have the crazy sightings in Florida, you—I mean, maybe somebody really did see a hyena. Yeah, oh, you yeah, yeah, never for sure. know. You never know anymore.
0: I think even—I um, think you guys did an episode and there's someone reported a hyena up in the Adirondacks, which are like mm-hmm. an hour and a half from me. And it's possible, like they're the biggest uh, natural par- or national park in America. I think mean, you can fit almost all the other ones in that one park. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, imagine somebody with something like that as a pet, right? And then you just turn it loose. Right.
1: And people do that all the time. Right. I mean, you know yeah, that people, people are dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, how many times have they, they, the cops been called in New York City, and guys will have like full size tigers and stuff in their apartment, alligators in yeah. their apartment? Yeah. You're like, are you out of your mind? The answer is yes. Yeah. Are,
0: exactly. Yeah. Read a book. Yeah, and it'll, it'll be like they have like four hyena cubs in their apartment. Yeah. Exactly. They're got called because someone saw their full size hydra that they also have. Yeah. <laughs> It's exactly. like a lot of stuff. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um, okay. Cam's favorite alcoholic beverage is Hmm. That's a tough one.
1: I would say if I had to guess just like a dark IPA. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I need a specific brand, but he likes the uh he likes like going to local breweries and trying out like the creamy type dark ales, I think. This is true. that would be my guess yeah, okay. this is true. The reason I don't say a particular brand is because every time I've been anywhere like that he tr- he tries all the, all the time, so and I know mm-hmm. that he used to go to uh like grocery stores and get a variety pack yeah. and like a little six pack where you got six different ones and try this one, try that one. He likes the i've been craft
2: I've visited I don't even know how many of the local breweries that we have within the last hundred miles around us, probably all of them. Mm-hmm. Just to go. That was just a thing that I would go. Cause I don't normally drink, but I do. I like to go have one. I want to go try this. Like mm-hmm. you get the flights, you know, and you try again. It's like, I oh, don't yeah, really yeah. have a set favorite. I have a, an area that I go to like this. I like that style beer, but yes, right. he's right. A hundred percent.
0: Nice. So I guess we can say people, you can stop asking. Tam and Kyle are actually friends. <laughs> Who knew? <laughs> right. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> this is true. Sadly. Sadly, sadly, I've been saddled with this fella till the day
0: he dies. So that's the way it's going to be. Well, that aside, that's all I have for you guys for today. Right on. Uh, Thank you so much for coming on again. Will you please go ahead and tell people where they can find both of your shows?
1: Yeah, absolutely. If you want to hear more stories about the paranormal, things like that, you can find us on every almost every podcatcher that is available, including Mm -hmm. YouTube. Uh, It's expanded perspectives. Uh, You can go to the website, expandedperspectives.com. You can email us your story. If you'd like to share something with us, that's expandedperspectives at yahoo.com. You can call the show 888-393-2783. You can follow us on social media, like Instagram, Facebook and stuff. Uh, We don't really do Twitter. Uh, it's there, but, it's we, there, don't really... but we don't really, yeah, it's not yeah. active or anything, but uh, yeah, if you want to hear stuff about the strange, not just, not just cryptids or UFOs, but we also do ancient history, alternative history, mysteries in general. Yeah. It's, and like I said, and then we do an additional show called expanded perspectives elite. And that's exactly like the free show, except that this one uh, doesn't have ads or anything on it like that. And we use the money. Uh, to buy publications and stuff, research for the show. So if you want to sign up for Expanded Perspectives Elite, go to the website, expandedperspectives.com, click on the Elite tab. It's $5 a month, and there's a whole back catalog there that's available, and you get access to all of that. So there's like 300 episodes there that no one's heard unless you're a member.
0: So now's the time to do it, because you have that huge catalog.
1: Yeah, and we're not taking that catalog down. We're always going to keep that mm-hmm. because the support that people give really is what keeps the show going. If we didn't have the elite members, I'm not sure that we would still be doing it eight years later.
0: Alrighty, righty. So huge thank you once again to Tam and Tile. And if you're into the paranormal at all, if you're into ancient history, alternative ancient history, theories and stuff like that, definitely be sure to hop on uh, wherever you do your podcast and check out Expanded Perspectives. And then if you're dating that, Expanded Perspectives Elite, their elite show, which does come with a subscription, um that's even better so I definitely recommend checking out both of them and I'm super thankful that they came on like I said during the interview they're probably the first podcast I listened to and probably my favorite podcast I've listened to every episode at least once I think at least twice honestly and it's just like it's good stuff it's good stuff and it's almost exactly like what you heard on this interview so if you enjoyed that you'll definitely enjoy the show But they get into more specifics with the stories and the encounters that they talk about and stuff like that. So, yep, all that taken care of. If you did what you're hearing, make sure to give the podcast a five-star rating and review on the podcast podcatcher of your choice. Uh, Especially Apple Podcasts because that's the easiest to see and it definitely helps get the word out for them. help me go up the charts, stuff like that. Now, maybe I timed this weirdly. I am about to take a little hiatus, and so maybe I should have had Cam and Tile on earlier and planned this a little better and had some episodes left in case any new people are stumbling on this, but I'm uh, taking a little break from the pod at least until November. I am going to have an episode out in October for an NBA season preview with uh, Philip of Hail Reaper, so that's going to be super cool, but other than that, like no plans to do any podcasting until November. And we're just going to take a little break, come back with some new stuff. Like I've said throughout the season, I've been thinking a lot about what I'm going to be doing with the show going forward, and so I think there's going to be some really good stuff coming out when I come back, and big thank you to everyone who helped this season. Uh, It's been cool, you know, season two, high key obsessed in the books, I feel like I learned a lot, I feel like I've grown as a podcaster, and as like, can't wait to come back, season three, hit it out of the park again, I don't know what the overall theme is going to be for that one, but. It's going to be set. It's going to be awesome. So until next time, beware of the shadows.